everyone, and welcome back to the Brick by Brick podcast, where we're discussing questions about God's authority, our identity, and the role of the church in our lives, as detailed in Brick by Brick, a short catechism. Today, we're continuing our conversation from last week, discussing the question, who is God the Father? Also, be sure to subscribe to the Brick by Brick podcast, wherever you're listening from, so you don't miss whenever we drop a new episode. Now, here are your hosts, Beth Whitney and Cole Harper. All right, welcome back to the Brick by Brick podcast. Uh, I'm Cole Harper, and this I'm is Beth Whitney, Darn Tootin, and we are picking up where we left off in our previous episode. Uh, it's where we're grappling with the question, uh, "Who is the Father?" And we've been talking about authority and the nature of the Father in like the Triune God Himself, all of that jazz. And what we want to dig into now, really, is um, the nature of God's authority and his character. But before we do that, Mm -hmm. let me remind you of who our guest is. Our guest is Josh Lane. He is a local pastor here in the Sacramento area at Northside Church, which is a church plant of Arcade. We love that. Um, Josh, you and I have been friends for several years, but more than that, you are kind of a part of Arcade Extended. Uh, You work with Venture Church Network. You oversee the MLC program. You help church planters. You are currently working on your doctorate from Western Seminary. And we think you're so cool, Josh. You like to bake. You like. <laughs> I want to know what reef keeping is, but you like to reef keep. You run an online Lego store. Um, Josh, we're so glad you're here. Thanks for joining us. Thank for you part for having me two. back. Yeah, super excited. Yeah. So, Cole, you're going to reread the question for us? Indeed. Yep. So the question is just, who is God the Father? And the response we're working on is, and committing to memory, is the Father is the source and model of all wise and benevolent authority possessing supreme authority within the Godhead, so that everything arrives from the Father, through the Son, by the Holy Spirit. And uh, last time, we talked about how trust is the power, and trust is the currency of authority that humanity often cannot muster. We can get the power part. We love that. But the trust that justifies, right, Yep. That reliance on power, that's almost lost to us. And I think I think that it starts early, even in childhood, in our own experience, right? Because I don't know about you, I drew my first impl- uh, ideas about what the father was like in mm-hmm. heaven from yep. my earthly father. Mm-hmm. And that can either be the best news ever or the bad or the worst news ever, sure. depending on a lot of factors. So let me ask you this. How have you seen the fatherhood of God redeem examples of broken fatherhood? Well, yeah, yeah. So, so I used to when I was in Atwater and Santa Rosa. Both of those were youth ministry places, and working with youth, we'd often see this—not exclusively, but enough to enough to be like that's that that's not a no nothing. Like that's mm-hmm. that's a something um, where where they would draw the implications of their experience with their their earthly father, and then tie that to their their heavenly father. And so, can you give us an, kind of an example of what you mean by yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, sure. So if um, I would say, um, so like when you t- like, who do you think God is? And God, I just think that God's waiting for me to mess up, and and as soon as I do, He's ready to punish me. And to to smite me, mm-hmm. and I go, oh my gosh! Well, tell me about your dad. Well, my dad's a real authoritarian. He's mm. if if I if I get a B, a B is not good enough for him. Um, he's like, well, why didn't you get the A? Uh, or 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 the opposite example of that, maybe, or I guess another broken example of that would be, um, 
the kid who says, like, tell me about God. Like, I don't know if he hears me. I don't know mm-hmm. if he sees me. Mm-hmm. I, think, I feel like I'm unseen by him. I go, oh, well, tell me about your your dad. And he goes, either, like, yeah, my, I don't know my dad or yeah. or he's totally disconnected. He's into his work. And so we, we definitely do get the, the, I think, a lot of times, not, like I said, not exclusively, mm-hmm. um, not universally, mm-hmm. uh, but enough to be, that's a something, that we get our our um, our ideas of who God is through the role of the Father. So it, what's crazy here is for Jesus, the fatherhood of God was synonymous with the goodness of God, right? Sure, absolutely. Like, he'll just go around saying things like, well, yeah, if you um, if you were to ask for a fish, is he going to give you a serpent? And he's thinking, sure. of course they'll know the answer is no. I've known individuals who, if you were to ask that about their earthly dad, they'd say, well, depends on how much he's drank. Sure, sure. Right? Yeah, yeah, or what yeah. mood he's in. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so how does, how does the gospel pave a better way forward, uh, for fathers who have failed, Sure, right? They know they have failed to, um, capture the fatherhood of, um, you know, the Godhead or seen the Godhead accurately and are thinking, well, okay, what is my kid just screwed up now? How would a father who has bungled things try to redeem that? Sure. Well, th- their their child rebelling is not necessarily dependent upon their faithfulness to God, right? Because mm. we know that God is actually the perfect father and every single one of his children have rebelled. So right. it's not, if God was only just a little bit better of a father, then none of his children would have rebelled. That's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the perfect father and all of us uh, have rebelled. Um, I'm sure that's probably in the, the catechism News somewhere. <laughs> My life made sense an hour ago. I'm yeah. shocked and appalled. Um and, uh, and yeah, I, I heard, I think it was Doug Fields a long time ago in youth ministry. He had said that, um, that our heavenly father is not the reflection of our earthly father, but the perfection of our earthly father hmm. as, hmm. as good and great. And so I, I've always kind of stayed with that. I've got a great dad. I, I, my dad's a faithful follower of Jesus, has modeled for me what it looks like to follow Jesus. And so I've been very grateful for that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think that, um, it comes from God and, and and, and we're sort of like, I think maybe like talking around this, uh, but this idea that that God is the one. So, so God is the one who's revealed Himself as Father. Like the only reason we know anything about God, right, right, is because He's made it known to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the only way. Um, I think maybe it's C.S. Lewis that says, but basically, if God wanted to remain hidden, He would remain hidden. Right. The fact that we can even ask the question, "What is God like?" Yeah, means that somehow He's revealed Himself or desires to be revealed, and so. Even the fact that he's revealed himself as father, like he could reveal himself anyway. Yeah, I mean, he, he could have said, "I, I am dictator. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am I, I you know he could say whatever." And he just says a very relational term um, that I am I'm your father. Mm-hmm. That's why. Well, oh, yes, and even he's our father through adoption, yeah. which is a choice he made. Yeah, you know that this is like a revealing of God's character. I think about the people I know who have adopted children into their sure. family. And how it's it's not easy, but it's a choice they've made out of love. And so thinking about um, God's character and about how having some understanding of God's character help us see how that's vital for kind of the long-term faithful Christian life. Yeah, so the understanding of God's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because once again, this goes back to this idea of trust, Um we don't, to be honest, like we don't, whenever we're in rebellion, for lack of better terms, mm-hmm. uh, it's just because we, we, we don't trust God. Mm-hmm. 
we think that we think that God. Um, I mean, I, maybe the, the, the perfect way to think about this is like, um, or say a way to think about this is that we think that the, a good Christian longs to do the wrong thing, but chooses to do the right thing. Hmm. Yeah. Right. And I go, well, no, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. The, the beautiful thing is that we long to do, as Jesus did, the, the will of the Father, right. and then we get to do it. Right. Yeah. Um, and so there's this, there's, this, there's this thing that as the good father, he's with, I think a lot of Christians think like this, he's withholding from you something better. Right. And you have to forego that in order to be obedient to him. Mm-hmm. And I go, well, okay, so here's the thing, right? Yeah. Actually, actually <laughs> that's a lie. Yeah. And not only is that a lie, that's actually the first lie, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is God is withholding. The reason why he said don't do that is because he knows that there's right. something better out there for you. Right. And he's telling you not to do it because he knows that um, it's better and he's withholding from you something greater. And within you know thousands of years later, we're, we're, we're buying the same thing because right. it still sells. And so I think that this, this to answer your question, to know the character of God, because mm-hmm. it goes back to trust. You can't trust someone you don't know. Right. And so I think that as we, as we trust and grow in our trust in God, mm-hmm. um, we grow, um, yeah, we, we grow, we can grow in that, in that sort of faithfulness. So it's, it's like when somebody says, um, you know, you just need to have more faith, right? Mm-hmm. You just need to have, you have gone through something tough, or you're just like, I just, um, I want to do this, but I know God wants me to do this. And somebody says, you just need to have more faith. Mm-hmm. And, and I always go, that's, that's not a super helpful answer, nope. right? Because yeah. nope. a lot of times it's like, no, I, I know that. The, the, uh, the analogy that I give is that it's like telling somebody, um, it's like telling somebody, uh, you say, I, I've got a hard time paying rent. So it's, it's, just, it's, just make more money. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. Just, uh, you need more money. Like, yeah, that, that was implied. Mm-hmm. And so whenever somebody comes in or I'm talking with somebody or either counseling or discipling somebody and they're saying, I'm having a hard time trusting, I think to myself, what promise of God, uh-huh. the Father, do they need to trust mm-hmm. in that they're not? Okay. And then I'm going right. to find a scripture that says, "This I don't feel like God hears uh-huh. me. Okay, and I understand that you don't feel like maybe he's hearing you, but you need to know this, is that he does. Right. And as the good father, like he, he hears you, he knows mm-hmm. you, and actually he knows you like all good fathers do. Mm-hmm. He right. knows his children better than the children know themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. And so right. then we, we, that's why we can then trust him. So I was going to ask a follow-up question. I think you might have answered it. It's like, okay, if trust is how we know God's character, if trust is how we have this long-term relationship with God, our Father. Yeah. So you're saying a way to build trust is when we have a doubt, we look to the promises of God. Yeah, we and have we, it, yeah. we see, we remind ourselves of his faithfulness, of his promises, of how he is trustworthy because he keeps proving himself over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's then becomes, then tr- that's that's obedience built out of, um, sorry, birthed out of um, of trust. Mm-hmm. So you go, God, I I don't see this, but I, but I trust that you do. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think that you're trying to withhold something from me greater. And so I'm going to, I'm going to be obedient. And mm-hmm. this is what we see Jesus in the garden. Yeah. I'm going to be obedient because I trust you. Yeah. Mm. Um, not because if I'm disobedient, you're going to make me pay, right? Yeah. That's very different. That is so different. And it, I, I remember early on in my Christian walk, I'd hear things like, well, you know, delayed obedience is disobedience. And you'd have these sort of ham-fisted, you know, uh, I think per- man-made proverbs about, um, okay, how do we grapple with the authority of God? And what's wild is, from what you're saying, 
recover the character and integrity of the father, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's where obedience lives. Like, absolutely, the side of uh, the cross and the resurrection. It's. Do you think it's helpful to make time to remind yourself of God's goodness before you maybe even take a step forward in something you know you know He's called you to personally? Like, sure. have you ever had to have those moments where you had to remind yourself? Um, of the same scriptures, probably the enemy kept from your consciousness. Sure, sure. Yeah, well, absolutely, absolutely. And and it, it goes back to, um, I mean, that's what Satan does. He 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 gets Eve to question the goodness of God, mm-hmm. not his power, even not even his power, not, not even his 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 position. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he uh, doesn't say, "Oh, God's not really in control." That's not what he says, right? And he's all the Theo bros, I feel like they're, they're constantly telling folks, um, don't you know God can do this? Well, yeah, I know he can do it. Sure. The issue is, I don't know if he cares. Yeah, 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 it could. It could be, yeah. And so I think in that case, then Satan, Satan gets um, Eve to question the goodness of God. And, that, and that's still yeah. what we're doing. Anytime, I mean, anytime we mm-hmm. are disobedient to God, um, it's, it is because we don't, we don't trust him. Bingo. Yeah, I think it's exactly I mean, right. Yeah, we, we we don't trust him. I'm trying to think of like an, a, an example of this, but we um, yeah, I'm trying to think like we, we don't trust that forgiveness is better than bitterness, mm-hmm. right? Now we now now. But it, I like my bitterness. I know, but then, and it's it's comfortable <laughs> to me, and it makes me feel better about myself. It does. <laughs> and if you're taking the Christian the Christian 101 test, and it says which is better, uh, forgiveness or bitterness, you go oh. Pfft. Done. Duh. Forgiveness. Yeah. We know that. But every time we're given the opportunity, or a lot of times given the opportunity, we choose bitterness because mm-hmm. it, it feels good, mm-hmm. right? And and in those places, going back to what you're saying, Cole, I go, we we trust sorry, we fail to trust God that um, that working through forgiveness really is better. Yeah. So let me For ask me. let me ask you this then. Uh, what happens in a Christian's life if they fail to emphasize God's character? Mm-hmm. They get power, they emphasize the authority, they emphasize, you know, ability, all that, but they leave goodness out. What happens long-term? If you were to run that as a simulation, what happens 40 years down the road? Yeah, well, I think we get the same thing that we have in the world, which is mm-hmm. we, get the, we get the power, the authority without the goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that does, that's all sorts of abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be, that's true. That's if, even if you're running your own world, that's going to be true of self-abuse, uh, then, but you're going to abuse, um, yeah, other people. I mean, and, and that's what, even going back to our last conversation, when we were talking about the, the husband that is like, oh, you know, you need to submit and not working out of trust. What he's actually doing in that place, which is what, was, mm-hmm. what makes it so dangerous is he's trying to borrow, sorry, borrow the power of God without borrowing the character of God, right? Yeah, so holy smokes. So it's like, I want, I want to take the, the authority that God gives me without necessarily being called to the character mm-hmm. or the trusting person that he's calling me to be either. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that becomes the dangerous place, which is why then um, in a marriage, in a church, in a small group, right. in a family, um, it becomes that sort of authority yeah. without the trust um, or even the person that you could trust almost always will end in some sort of abuse. Yeah. That, no, that makes sense. That is anti God the Father. It's an, yeah, yeah, it is anti. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know how else to say that. It it's almost makes me cringe and uncomfortable because I'm thinking about mm-hmm. when power and authority is abused. Yeah. And then I think about uh, Philippians 2 yeah. where 
Jesus sets aside yeah. his power and authority yeah. to become a baby, yeah. to ultimately die on the cross for yeah. us, which we all know is the gospel. Yeah. Um, but but when we think, oh, I want I want to be like God, I want his power, I want his I want to wield his power. Sure. Whether it's, you know, I'm a mom and so I yeah. have authority over my children. Yeah. And I maybe want to flex that yep. forgetting, you know, to to be a a woman who is full of love, yeah, mm-hmm. or you know, setting aside my desires or my um, myself yep. for yeah. the good of my children, yep. which is how a a mom may choose to reflect God the Father's character. Absolutely, right? Mm. That's, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So sorry, I'm I'm like train of thought mm-hmm. here. Are you with no, me? You guys yeah, are with me, right? Good, yeah, right. Um, well, and, and and if I can tag on to that. Mm-hmm. Is that because um, you said to reflect the goodness of God the Father as right. a mother? Right. Absolutely, and um, your child won't. Oh, I'm going to assume this now. I'm going to assume wild things about your children. They're probably true. But uh, but but <laughs> sorry, girls. And, and, and yeah. growing up though is that uh, is that they probably don't always feel like it was for their good. Right. 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 There there might have been times where to put it into our terminology here. You know, mom, why, why are you, why, why do you hate me? Why, why mm-hmm. do you just want to see my demise? Mm-hmm. And as a, hopefully a calm parent, you go, I understand you think I'm trying mm-hmm. to ruin your teenage years. Yeah. Um, I understand you think I'm trying to run you out, um, but actually I'm not. Right. I'm actually doing what is best for you, right. mm-hmm. although you can't see it. And that's right. what a good parent, and in this case, a good father would do. And a lot of times that's what like our complaints are to God. Like, God, do you not see me? Mm-hmm. Do you not care? Mm-hmm. Uh you're just letting this happen or even worse, you're causing this to right. happen. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and God is, God has got a bigger, a bigger agenda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's some difficult theology sure. in God's word, whether it's difficult to understand, whether it's difficult to process. Um, how do you see God's character in the middle of difficult theology? Or maybe how do you keep God's character at the forefront Mm-hmm. when you're wrestling with some difficult theology that maybe you're not understanding or you're not, it's just difficult. Or maybe yeah, cast yeah, doubt yeah. on, ooh, is God, is God is really God, good? Is God a monster? Is yeah, that, that yeah. looks sus, you know? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Sus. So, 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 um, <laughs> Sorry, we Cole. all know I can't <laughs> okay. pull that off. <laughs> a for effort. He tried, though. I it's it. like, I mean, I was just slide it sure in. And that was lit, Cole. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm never going to hear the end We of just this. lost our Gen Z audience. Oh, Gone. <laughs> yeah. Salutations, local okay. youth. That's hilarious. Oh. Okay, so anyway, back to the question. Sure, yeah. Where do you Where do you see God's character in the middle of difficult theology, or how do you keep God's character in front of you in the middle of difficult theology? Yeah, so if, if, if what you mean by difficult theology is um, things that, that you believe to be true theologically, but mm-hmm. you just don't like. Sure. Is that, is yes. that sure. Okay, okay, that's good. So it could be like uh, hard theology in difficult times, but this is like, I disagree. Um, how, how could a good, good God do this? Sure. If that's sure. Like, yeah. So if that's the question, then, um, so yeah, so... So one, I think it's like I think it's Tim Keller, and I'm not going to quote him, but the idea that he write, he raises is this idea that if you the one of the ways that you know that you have a God is if you disagree with him, because if mm. there's a God that you never disagree with, then that's probably just you. Quite possibly your God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a mascot, not a God. Yeah. yeah, it's a mascot of God. So the fact that you would have a God that that you would disagree with, um, I think that um, it actually can be 
it can let you know, an indicator that, that you're not your own God, right? right? It's like, I, I disagree with this. However, I think a lot of those places where it goes, we disagree with this, but I believe that you're right and I'm mm-hmm. wrong. I think right. that's the big deal is that in those places of disagreement, although I know you're a good God and this action here doesn't seem like it's good, yeah. I'm going to trust that it's good. And we work hard to figure mm-hmm. out, is that what you're saying? Is yeah. that right. really what it is? Right. Um, and then when we come to the conclusion, um, we are not we are not better than God. And I think there's a danger when we say, well, clearly this is who God is, but a good God wouldn't be like this. And so we're going to, in our mind, change that about God. Mm-hmm. As, as a seminary prof, my seminary prof once told me, he says, never, um, never apologize for God because then you, um, you will appear as if you are more gracious than God himself. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Man. Okay. So, I... so don't do that. But so you're, you're going to yep. say something else. No, finish your thought, and then I have one well, more question. Well, so it's interesting right now is that we even actually believe that God is good. So that's mm-hmm. even another presupposition is that God is a good God. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because you will talk to non-Christians and they will say, oh, I believe that God is good. I go, huh, huh. Yeah. where do we get this idea mm-hmm. from? Because really, a, the idea of a good a good God or a good father combined is a Judeo-Christian belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and especially when you look at the beginnings of um, the church, is that they're coming against uh, Roman gods. Mm-hmm. They're coming against uh, Greek gods. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the old times, they're coming against the Egyptian gods. And then later on with other gods. If you read, they are not good gods. They are not good gods. They are not good gods at all. Animal House on Mount Olympus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, they're they're tricking. And so even the fact that we would reject the 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 God of the Bible because he doesn't fit our our sense of goodness in Mm -hmm. a weird way, where in the West we're doing this especially, where we're rejecting um, we're rejecting God based on only the goodness that he's given us. Man, if that makes you, sense. it does. <laughs> One of the most helpful things I've ever heard was, uh, it was, as Russell Moore said this in a class he was teaching uh, when I was in seminary, it was, um, there is no such thing as theology that's not pastoral theology. Sure. In other words, all everything, every theology you see in the New Testament was designed to, to encourage believers that doing this Jesus thing is is not is not for not. It's yeah. not a uh, fruitless endeavor. And so that changed the way I would view even difficult passages like Romans 9 through 11. You know, uh, I had a uh, roommate in college that uh, my first night there, he shut the door, clicked the deadbolt, and he interrogated me about the canons of Dort and uh, <laughs> basically tried to see if I was a good uh, predestination embracing, you know, uh, Presbyterian like he was. Sure. And that was my first that was my first glimpse into this whole idea of like what if God is sovereign over decisions and so forth and I had no idea that wow the whole the whole quote unquote scary passage of Romans like 9 through 11 the whole idea there is Paul saying don't worry guys it's not as though the gospel has failed Israel. Sure. It's that he's doing something really complicated with them sure. um, to bring them back later. Yep. But I don't yeah. know. That was probably my big revelation for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, yeah, and I, and I think that. Um, so when we disagree with God, and 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 He He takes the day, um, it, it that's that's the submission that we're talking about, the obedience, mm-hmm. and and really, it's not even obedience that I agree with you. And I think this is what mm-hmm. most people think, like that we have to be on the same page with God until He gets our obedience and submission. And I go, no, actually, I don't. Um, I God, I trust you, yeah. and I will obey you. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be based in this idea that I just I just trust you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I, I and actually I trust you more than I trust myself. Yeah, and I think that's the hardest. Yeah, when when I disagree with God, I know there's one person who's wrong, <laughs> yeah. and she's looking at me in the mirror. Yeah. Um, okay, I have a I have a personal question. Sure. 
Um, when in your life have you most clearly seen God's goodness? That's a great question. Oh, man. Clearly seen God's goodness. Nothing like putting you on the spot. Seriously. I, I'd have to think. Sorry. Because I would say that... Um, because yeah, there's a song we've been like, God, God is so God has been so good, mm-hmm. and I feel like that, and but not a not a, not a say not definitely not a perfect life, but a, a but a good life, a mm-hmm. good life. Mm-hmm. Um, we sing like on Sunday. So good to all me. my life, you have been faithful. All yeah. my life, you have been so so, so, so good. good. That's actually the and song I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah, we were singing that on Sunday, and I was just so thinking good, so about good. how yes, I could point to oh that time and that time and that time, but it's it's like this string of. My entire life, yeah. God, yeah. I see God's hand of goodness over me, and like you said, I haven't had this easy, you know, skipping through the daisies, yeah, life. Yeah. But yeah. God has, God is just so good and faithful to me. Yeah. So, so okay. So that is that. So that that helps. So, I got a story, of course, right? Love you're, a good you're story. Ask a, you're a, a pastor. Story. <laughs> Come on, bring it. An illustration. No, actually. Um, yeah, so so I, I I walk the Camino. It's the it's a pilgrimage. It's like five hundred some odd miles from Saint Jean Pierre de Port. Sure, no big to, deal. It, but you do it over a month. It's just and it's it's a communal thing. And um, each day you walk, like you think about two mm. things uh, every day. Okay. You think about the kilometers you're going to walk that day. Okay. And you think about what it's going to be like when you get to Santiago and the the, hmm. the church in Santiago mm. and what like you think about like walking through those gates and like because you, you know you're on it for like I was like on it for like a month so it's hmm. just you think about those two things how much further today and then Santiago and so then you start to think to yourself um the Santiago and really I, part of when I went on the Santiago the Camino is that yeah, it was just sort of like a, I needed some time to reflect on life. Like mm-hmm. there's some difficult things were happening, and so I just needed to, to step out of life for a little bit. And so, and really sort of, to, for lack of a better term, like just complain to God. Like sure. just God, yeah. what, what, what is happening to mm-hmm. me? So in that, um, so one day we were, this was, we were about two weeks out, and when I say we, like it was just people I met on the Camino because sure. I went there by myself. And so people I met, uh, we left Leon, and it, it rained all day long, like mm-hmm. all day long. And Did you yeah. still walk? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's, we still walked. Yeah, we, we walked. And like everything we got was wet. Ugh. And then we got to, um, to Tio Pepe's that night, and uh, we, we, we washed up, we dried all our clothes, and then we were sitting around the, um, the, the fire, and we were just talking about the day and about how miserable the day was and about like there's this one spot where we actually slide down the mud because this was not paved. It was just oh, mud. Wow. So anyways... How miserable it was, but upon that, I, had, I was reflecting that not one person actually had said, "You know what? We we should have stayed in Leon today." Not one person. Not one said person. That. They said we yeah. just talked about how bad the day was, how miserable the day was, but we all like nobody said we should have just hmm. stayed in Leon today. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting. And the reason, and it would have been actually foolish for somebody to say that because. Uh, we were one day closer to, to Santiago. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, the day was a success because we were one day um, closer to Santiago. And before that, I'd been thinking to myself, like, what's, everyone's there for a reason. And so I just thought, like, what's, I'd ask people, what's, what's your Santiago? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you in mm-hmm. life walking towards? And for me, it was pretty easy. It was Christ-likeness mm-hmm. and, uh, and his realization of my life. And so, um, so after that day, I was just walking again by myself and I was thinking about those things, praying to God and... Um, and he said, so is your Santiago really, really my likeness? Oh. And I said, 
yeah. And he goes, do you feel like you know me and you look like me more now or you did a year ago Hmm. than you did a year ago? And I said, well, I think from what I think and what my community tells me, um, it's, it's now. And he says, well, because one of my complaints to God was like, God, what, what, what's happening to me is derailing everything in my right. life. Yeah. Right. And, and his response then to me in that moment was, so from now on, this point on, like a good father would do this. He mm-hmm. says, um, you can say it was a hard day of rain, uh, but you don't get to say this was derailed. This has derailed your life. Wow. Because wow, that makes sense. Because if, 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 if really... Your, my likeness is Santiago for mm-hmm. you, then you don't get to say that anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of a, and say the goodness of God, yeah. and what it was was a correction by, by my father mm-hmm. um, to correct my thinking. But it was, so it was gentle. Wrong. Very gentle. So mm-hmm. gentle. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and happened in Spain, so that wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't <laughs> too shabby. Too yeah, 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 you should really lead shabby. with that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I would say there, there would be a good example of where you experience the goodness of God, although it doesn't, like when you experience it, you go, that's, like that's a, a good father has has corrected me mm-hmm. in a very loving way, um, and he's right. Yeah, and and I, and I haven't seen how right he is until this moment. Right. Yeah. Wow. Makes sense. Is that a good place to cap it off? I think that's good. Thank you so much, Josh, for hey, being for here with me. us. This has I been great. Remember, I get to read your dis. I think I should get to read it first. Sure. I would, can I be first in line? Sure. Okay. I would. I would love. I would love to have it be done so people can read it awesome. <laughs> and you can read it. Yes. Thank you so much, Josh. You've been you a great, go- been great a lot, guest. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Thanks so much. A lot of fun. Thanks for joining us today on the Brick by Brick podcast. Visit us at arcadechurch.com or check us out on Instagram and Facebook to stay connected throughout the week.